Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. About an hour's drive north of the hustle and bustle of Midtown in Somers, the pace slows down. The landscape opens up. Trees and rolling hills take over. And there's a little farm steeped in history. My family came to to the United States in 1650 from Nottingham, England, and they bought this farm in 1828, and they started using it as a dairy farm. And then over the years, we we modernized, going from dairy to to fruit, and then now to fruit, vegetables, greenhouses, cut your own Christmas trees, and we have a bakery, and so we've modernized over the years. Stewart's Farm is the oldest working farm in Westchester County. Bob Stewart keeps the family tradition alive. It was a simpler time when he grew up. I was picking up apple drops when I was about 11 or 12 with my cousins, and uh, we used to work on the barns on the rainy weekends. We used to carry jugs of cider out for the people and hope to get tips. And the big decision back in the 60s, well, do you go 25 cents a gallon for cider to 35 cents a gallon for cider? That was a big decision in those days. And then we used to have, like... Nobody bought less than a half a bushel of apples and then gradually went down to a peck to four quarts and now we sell a lot by the pound. So times have changed over the years. You know, Back in the 60s and 70s, you had larger families and people bought a lot of apples. They'd make applesauce and freeze them and such things like that. But today is a different world, so you have to, you have to modernize and sell less apples and that's when you went to pick your own. Bob Stewart learned how to work the land from his father. He only had a fourth grade education, but he was a well first man. I mean, people still talk about him. I mean, he was the kind of guy that if you needed help, he'd help you. He was a giant of a man. I when in the obituary of the paper, I'd come him to John Wayne. He was that kind of a person. And he's certainly a mentor, and actually he was my best friend for all those years. The first ancestor to farm here was a Conklin. 190 years later, the Stewart family carries on. You live here on the property? Yes, I do, and so does my son and my daughter. I'm four grandkids. So all told, how many how many stewards are living on the on the, the, the land here? Ten. Ten. Yeah, so That's a special thing. You don't see that every day. No, they call it the steward compound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we also have uh, three other children and nine other grandchildren. And they all, this is like a magnet attracting them. All, they all come on the weekends and help us and... Uh, it's a, we get together, there's 26 of us, so we have a great time. Those family ties make Bob Stewart proud. I always said the guy upstairs couldn't give me a better family or better, better farming and better ancestors like I had. I mean, they taught, we're like an island out here, you know, and sometimes if I'm in the summer I don't leave, but I love it. I mean, and my wife, she's my right arm, she sells, I grow it, she sells it. And we get, everybody gets along so great and... Most people, a lot of people don't even know who I am because she does the selling. And I say, who are you? I said, I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy and Bob Stewart consider it a privilege to feed their neighbors. It's a proud, if you have a good crop, which doesn't happen every year, but you have a good crop of anything, you feel appreciation of what, that you, what your real hard work turned out something fantastic. And it's not everybody that can grow food. I mean, the farmers have become a minority in this country today. And, and so when you know you can do something and feed the people, and not everybody can do it, 
you know, it gives you satisfaction that you're doing something right. Generations return season after season to pick their own apples. We pick ours when they're ripe. That's the secret. You wait till it gets the flavor. Whether it's tomatoes, corn, apples, peaches, anything, you wait till they're ripe, and that's when you get their full flavor. Unfortunately, a lot of people, when they're shipping them from far distances, they got to pick them not so ripe because they wouldn't hold up. And so if you get them from the local farms, any local farm, the flavor is a lot better because they wait till they're ready to be picked. Stewart's Farm also provides a community service, education. My wife does a lot of school chores for different schools and stuff, and a lot of these kids, if they didn't come to the local farms, not only ours, but the other ones in the neighborhood, they would never know how things are grown. They, just, they think everything grows in bags or in cans. And this way, my wife explains what we do here, and uh, the kids get a, somewhat of an education. We, we do about 100 schools a year, and a lot of the other farms do the same thing, and it gives them back to nature. They come up here and they can see what it's like working on a farm. What it's like is peaceful, serene, tranquil. Up on the hill up here, we have about 2,000 young apple trees with peaches and then a tomato field up on top. How far north, high up you are, you can see Connecticut on a clear day. And you can, like, and, um, you can see way down to the south. And, and then behind us is another orchard that has about 2,500 fruit trees. And then we have across the street, we have uh, another about four-acre set of where we plant the vegetables. And on the other side, we have a guy that is a friend of mine. I let him grow corn on it. So, I mean, so, and that's a little bit flatter. And uh, so the, we're about 600-something feet above sea level on the highest part of the farm. The beauty of it is, is you don't hear the highway. You don't hear horns honking. Right now, if we were just quiet for a second, you just hear the wind. Yeah, it's, it's, quiet, it's quiet up here. It's, you know, you can see the stars at night, and, you know, it's, a, it's just a great feeling. There's a reason to feel great at Stewart's Farm these days. The 200 acres are now protected. Never shall a bulldozer make way for homes. Preservation groups, New York State, the county and town all pitched in to buy the development rights. That takes care of Bob Stewart's sister. So she's going to get the money for the development rights, and then she's going to leave the, her land in the trust to the children. And we're allowed to build one residential home on that 97 acres. So this way the farm stays as a farm in perpetuity. And, you know, we have 13 grandchildren, and you don't want it all cut up down the road. I want three acres, I want four acres, and all of a sudden the farm's gone. It's a legacy. Like, each generation says, okay, it's your turn to take care of it. And each generation has their own footprint. And now the next generation, it's up to them to take it and do their, their thing. Bob Stewart plans to keep on farming, tending his fruit trees as long as there's strength in his bones. When he's done someday, he'll be able to rest, knowing the family farm will go on. I think my dad's looking down on me and saying, you're doing something right, you're keeping it in the family. And that means a lot to me, because we have a strong tradition here. And um, it's, it's wonderful that now that we don't have to worry that it's going to be cut all up like a cookie cutter, and it's going to remain like this in, in forever. In Somers, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.